Welcome to the Deeper Dive Podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the texts we covered in worship on Sunday. We do that by discussing things like historical settings and literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. Well, today we've got a couple uh, loose ends to tie up, sort of, at the end of uh, a series here, a long series, and all, all kinds of stuff. Some stuff from Isaiah, some uh, stuff from... Matthew. Uh, Matthew, Acts, all, Acts. all of the above. Just kind of a, yeah. a smattering. All right. Let me just uh, go back for uh, for those of you at one of the services. I did not get through my uh, even my five uh, thoughts I had, much less the last couple I had. So let me just go back and clarify those things, just some thoughts I had from reading the scriptures and just kind of assimilating them all together. And one of them was just simply, and I, me- I believe I made this in every service, where I said the command is to go. And we've got to think about what that means. Um, I, I think the enemy has uh, has put within our minds that uh, some of us aren't gifted to go. Uh, but the truth is, it doesn't mean you go out to the streets. It doesn't mean you necessarily stand in front of a church or you don't stand on the street corner. But to, uh, to, to share your faith and to help make somebody else or to lead somebody at least to a place where they can make a good decision about becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, I think is what Jesus is talking about. And then uh, he said baptize, and again, I just wanted to hit upon, um, at least in our United Methodist tradition, uh, baptize is a communal kind of experience. It's something that the body of Christ does together. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons that we, um, 99.9% of the time, there's always that 1% that you work around and work with and work through, but most of the time, uh, baptisms are not private baptisms, they're baptisms within the community of faith. And so... Anyway, um, Jesus also said to teach obedience um, to the things that he had taught. He was uh, reminding his disciples, uh, I think, of the things that he had shared with them about life and about others. And um, I think that any kind of discipleship matters begin with the relationship that we have with God, the relationship that uh, whether it's a good one, whether it's on again, off again, whether it's kind of casual, and those are just the realities of, of a relationship with God. Um, but a good, healthy relationship is good for whether that's a relationship with God, whether that's serving God, whether that's honoring God. It's good in, in life if you have a partner in life and if you're in marriage, that relationship, that marriage is as only good as that relationship is. The same thing goes for your kids or, or anybody else, and so I think another thing I just uh, lifted up was that um, someplace along the way, and I, I did not grow up into this and did not have this in the early parts of my life, but just a deeper appreciation as I understand more about God, a deeper appreciation of my own salvation. As I grow um, in an awareness of what sin might look like or be like, um, a deeper appreciation of his measure of forgiveness. And uh, because of that, and because I'm sold on that. Now, I joke with lots of people, I'm sold on Ford and Chevy pickup trucks, and I'll talk to you about Ford and Chevys all day long. I'm not a Dodge man, all right? And so I don't talk about Dodges, but I'll talk about Ford and Chevys. Mm-hmm. And I happen to drive a Ford right now. And so uh, I remember when Dale Souter was, was still with us that he and I would talk about Ford pickup trucks. Sure. Because he had not only some new ones, he had some old ones. So 
That kind of conversation makes for a good relationship and a grateful heart when we recognize that uh, we have been given new life in Jesus Christ. I think, at least for me, it's an impetus to talk about it with other people and then to do it humbly. Um, you know, uh, I've said so many times, and, and I've often reflected on King David, and he glanced out a window one day. The consequences of that glance was he took a second look and then invited someone to his house, and it led him down a road that he did not anticipate going down. And so I recognize um, that I'm a sinner that's been saved by grace. I'm nothing more. On the other hand, I'm nothing less that 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 truly is that I have been saved by that grace. And then... uh, I think I got to this in one of the services, but I'm not sure, Uh, and that is simply to speak the name Jesus. I think that there's so much power just in speaking his name out loud that if we would, uh, in some of our struggles in life, we would simply speak his name, and I've always done it three times. Uh, It just, uh, by the time I get to the third one, it begins to sink in. I say it quickly the first time, it slows a little bit the second time. And the third time, it's like I get into his presence. So that was just a a way for us to think about that. Uh, And staying close to God in prayer makes it, I think, easier for us to share our faith and go make disciples. And then the real real unction behind all of that was uh, the Acts chapter 2 passage where the Holy Spirit came and gave those disciples who had waited upon the Lord uh, power and authority like they had never experienced before. Uh, especially at that season, that that Pentecost, what we call Pentecost, especially at that festival uh, for the Jewish uh, believers who all had gathered, and also those from the uh, the uh, who had experienced Jesus, from all of those who had gathered, gave them an opportunity to speak the gospel message. And folks get all hung up sometimes in the speaking in tongues thing. But they really spoke in 120 different languages. I think that was the number I've read. I remember that was about the different possible number of possible uh, number different of um, different people in the area at the time. Yeah, if you're going to try to having uh, having grown up uh, in all kinds of traditions, um, some of my more charismatic brothers and sisters have used uh, speaking in tongues as a as um, Oh, a sign of blessing or of the filling of the Spirit. Somehow I got into this conversation with somebody the other day. And uh, when it happened for me, I didn't speak in a foreign tongue or a different tongue for a long, long time. But when I got up for a prayer time one Sunday morning at church, uh, my heart began to wonder and yearn for my friends if they knew Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, one of them later told me I drove them nuts, which I'm sure I did. And he says, you know, uh, we plan to do lots of things to you, he says, um, but I ran, in, I ran into him years later, years later. And he says, you know, but I found out what was uh, uh, driving you to drive us nuts. And he says, now I'm driving my friends nuts. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's good stuff, I think. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of a tie-up from last Sunday morning. I, I wasn't sure exactly where I ended, had ended up, especially at 1030. I, I, um, I must have told one too many stories or something. I don't know. <laughs> It can happen. It can happen. Yeah. And does. Yeah. Does. Isaiah is an interesting piece there. Um, Isaiah was a prophet 
there's been uh, some thought that uh, this Isaiah chapter 6 was either more of a divine commissioning for his call to, to be the prophet, mm-hmm. or he either came to a deeper awareness of his own sinfulness in that I mean, that was a holy, life-changing moment that he had with God there in, right. in chapter 6. Yeah. Um, well, and he's, you know, uh, we don't often talk about Isaiah in terms of kind of like a like a character profile. Um, you know, we just see this, we see this initial mm-hmm. commissioning, and then we, you know, he's he's such a prolific writer and the things that he talks about we kind of he kind of fades into the background whereas someone like jeremiah we we kind of mm-hmm. rely on more of his character sketch there as kind of a weeping prophet or something like that. but isaiah is kind of a government guy i mean he's um he's he's a you know perhaps a, a high-ranking official um he's um he's not who you would expect uh to be this kind of uh, point in the finger in your face uh, mm-hmm. prophetic message for Israel. And so it's always a, it's always an interesting time, I think, when you read Isaiah and you kind of have that floating in the background to go, this could be, uh, I mean, if you're, if you're working in the DMV or if you're, or if you're, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're a city planner or something like that, I mean, you are, you are close to, uh, you might be close to being prophetic. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it really is. Uh, it really is an interesting call for him, and um, and also a very scary kind of a thing for him as well. Mm. You know, not just the. I mean, the encounter with God is is fearful enough um, in terms of being uh, undone. You know, um, you know, woe, woe is me. I'm I'm kind of falling apart mm-hmm. here at the seams. I think is the. The connotation in the, the the Hebrew there is like I am coming unraveled mm-hmm. in my very spirit body, um, but you know it's uh, there are a lot of um, a lot of personal ramifications for him to speak against power that he was a part of. So um, it, it's pretty bold uh, kind of a statement for him, and uh, you know if you kind of believe the the traditional. Uh, way he was uh, finally dealt with. You know, the prophets, they just killed them all, mm-hmm. more, more or less. They did not have good, <laughs> they did not have good ends. And there's a church tradition, I think, and a, or a Jewish tradition, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think he was sawn, sawn in half. So, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> for what it's worth, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's both a inspiring story and also, you know, a, a um, one that levels you out as well. It does. Oh. And in that sixth chapter and the following chapters, it really gives us insight into uh, – it gives us some insight into God because mm-hmm. God says, I'm going to punish these people. And he says, but then I'm going to show them some mercy. Right, right. Um, depending on what one, how one determines a prophet – a prophet to me has always been one who foretells what's going to happen, which is really different than looking into the crystal ball or the Ouija board and predicting the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as we're ready to head into the Advent season, we find Isaiah saying as much 
about the coming Messiah is probably any place else in the Scripture, right? And given us a clear mm-hmm. picture of what that Messiah is going to look like, right? And as much as as, as much, much can, yeah. Well, yeah, and he's uh, you know he's coming from a culture where uh, God had seemingly uh, left the building, mm-hmm. and um, he's definitely telling us uh, how God is still here and. Will be and will be and always will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I just uh, I uh, I think I think we have to realize, you know, and and a lot of times through the years, I think that sometimes well-meaning brothers and sisters have painted the rosy picture of what a disciple might be, almost giving it the picture of. Uh, there's there's uh, there's nothing to worry about. All your problems are taken care of. There's, sure. you know, if you happen yeah. to get on the health, wealth, and prosperity track, you're gonna. And the truth of the matter is, <laughs> that's just not the way it, it flies. In fact, when you become that disciple and you begin to go and make disciples, you yeah. may find uh, as much hardship there as you do blessings. The blessings will be inside, but the hardship may be on the outside. And so. Uh, the good news is that it's for a short time and that there is a greater plan that God has for us and a greater plan to be fulfilled. So anyway, uh, my right. thought today is uh, just keep at it, folks. You know, I've made more mistakes in my life, but the goodness, is of, God, the goodness of God is that uh, he understands that and then we work at it to get better. It's not the, the worst thing to do ever do is to give up. Right. So, yep. All right. Well, uh, next week, uh, we've got a little bit different uh, thing on the schedule. Uh, Michael uh, Pitzer's preaching, and so we'll follow up with him. Uh, I think he's looking at uh, John uh, 18, if I remember right, off the top of my head. So we'll uh, do a deeper dive into that uh, next week. And until then, grace and peace. Peace.